Shalom Aleichem Rabosai. This is Kalman Akiva Kovacs. I gave over the Daf Yomi on Shabbat. It was Daf Yud Base. I spoke to Rabbi Silber. He suggested I give a little recap because there are a lot of extremely important Yesaidos concepts on Daf Yud Base that are important for all of our learning in Yavamas going forward. So we talked about actually three different women who throw a wrench into Yibam, potentially, that either they themselves or at least their tzara would be unable to do Yibam. The first one was Machzir Grushaso, and this is when a man divorces his wife, and then she goes and remarries somebody else, and then that marriage ends, and then the first man remarries his wife. Now this is an Isser. You're not allowed, he is not allowed to remarry his divorcee once she's been married to someone else in the interim. It's called a tuma, it's called a tueva, it's a very strong lav. But since it's a lav, and not worse than a lav, kedushin is tosin, they are actually legally married. This is distinct from the cases we saw in the first Mishnah, which were iser karis, which there's no kedushin there. So that would really preclude any marriage from happening at all. So it's important to know there's a spectrum of isurim that a man and a woman could be usher to be together uh, with a punishment of execution, misas bezdin, or karis. And those categories, there's no condition whatsoever. There's no, there's no marriage that can take place there. But if it's an isser love or even an isser ase, there is a marriage created even though it's against the will of the Torah. So in this case, the machazir grushaso, the man remarried his divorcee, there's a shaila about what we could do with her if she's eligible for Yibam and her co-wife if the co-wife is even eligible for Yibam. The Gemara tried to bring a proof. It's mentioned twice. It's mentioned on Yud, Yud Aleph Ahmed Beis. It's mentioned on Yud Beis Ahmed Aleph by saying there's a brisa, there's a teaching that one woman is kashera, one woman is pasula. So do Yibam on the kashera and do Chalitza on the pasula. They say, does, isn't this a proof that you can't deal with the returned divorcee, but you could deal with the tzara, the co-wife, they say, no, maybe it's talking about kosher and puzzle to other men, to kohanim. And it's an important concept for later on, because if you do chalitza to a woman who's never had chalitza and is otherwise kosher to marry a kohen, just being a chalitza, she's no longer able to marry a kohen. So if there's a Yibam situation where one woman was already a Halala or a Zona or a divorcee or a Chalutza previously, then to give her a Chalitza, it's not a big deal. It doesn't hurt her chances for Shidduchim. But if there's a girl who's never had anything like that in her past, she's mutter to marry a Kohen, and you go ahead and do a Chalitza there, then wham, she can't marry a Kohen anymore. So it's a very interesting concept. It's actually brought by Rav Yosef in the name of Rebbe, Rebbe Yehuda Hanasi, who phrases it like this, don't pour out your water even if you don't need it because somebody else might need it. So he's saying don't waste something, don't mess something up even if you don't need it at all because somebody else might have a use for it. So it's sort of an extension of Baltashchis. And this is amazing because Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, of course, was the Nasi, the prince, the president of the Jewish people. He was rich. He was dealing with the, uh, the, the, no, the nobles and the royalty of his time. And the Gemara says he always had vegetables, even when they're out of season. He could import them. He could afford to do that. So he was very rich, and yet he still said, don't waste anything. Don't even waste water, which is practically uh, very inexpensive. And Kol Shaken, you shouldn't mess up a woman's chances to, to get married, to have a shidduch with a Kohen. But Rabbi Yehuda Nasi is the same one who said when he was passing away, it piled up his hands, that I never took more than necessary from this world. So even though he was the Nasi, his wealth was used 
to help people see the kavod of the Nasi, that the kavod that's due to the descendant of David Melech, a leader of Jewish people, not for his own indulgence and enjoyment. So that was the, the returned divorcee, Machzer Grishaso. The next woman who throws a wrench in Yibam potentially is the Mima Enes. She does Miyun, which is refusal. Now what's happened is this girl was a katana, she was underage, and she was not married off by her father. So her marriage is a dirabonan. She was married by her mother, her brother. She wasn't old enough to accept Kedushin herself. She wasn't mature. So she's in a dirabonan marriage. So when she gets old enough, and there's a discussion exactly how old that is, but for most they say it's 12 years old in a day, she's able to walk out of the marriage. And not only does she walk out of the marriage, she uproots the marriage. It's as if it never existed because it's only a dirabonan marriage. We can apply Brera, retroactive clarification, that her act of annulling and ending the marriage now means there was never really a marriage to begin with. So she's out of the picture, but what about her co-wife? What if she was an erva and the co-wife is not an erva? If the, this girl who's now grown, grown up walks out of the marriage with Miun with refusal, maybe her co-wife is not a, a tsara's erva. Maybe she's not the tsara of an erva and she'd be allowed to do the yibam. The third girl who throws a wrench into Yibam is the Ailanis. It's from Rashi points out Lashon Ail, which is a ram. That's a male animal. Now, this is not a confused woman. This is a woman who never develops normally the features of the female body that allow childbirth. And since she can't bear children, what the Pasuk says by Yibam, Haya Bechor Shertayled. The whole purpose of Yibam Rabosa is to build an heir, to rebuild the house of the man who passed away with no children, to give him an heir so his name will not be blotted out from Israel. And an islandess is physically incapable of doing so. So she's out of the picture, but what about her co-wives? Is the islandess like an erva or not? And the Gemara tries to bring a comparison from a case where there were three brothers and three unrelated women and one woman was eligible for a yibum, and the second brother, he didn't do yibum yet, but he did something called ma'amar, or maimar. Now, a maimar is not just a chassidish avart. Ma'amar means speaking, but really here it means designating. He's saying, I will, this brother is stepping up to the plate and saying, I will do yibum on this widow. So he's stating his intention to perform Yibam, but he hasn't done it yet. So it's a Dirabanan linkage. It's kind of like the first stage of marriage, but it's only a Dirabanan here. It's kind of like getting engaged, but it doesn't have a Deraisa effect yet. Maybe he gives her a ring or some jewelry or they throw a party and they look for a caterer in a wedding hall, you know, for their Yibam party. But the Ma'amar has only effect Dirabanan. It creates a bond Dirabanan. It's really interesting if you look in the Rambam in Chilchos Ishus. He talks about marriage and yibam and everything. The very first halacha in Ishus, he talks about the history of marriage. It's amazing. He says, before Matan Torah, a man and a woman, they met in the shuk, and if they liked each other, they would simply move in and start living as man and wife, and they were married, mazel tov. And he says, once the Torah was given, we were commanded on kiddushin, that there'd be a kiddushin, and then a nisuin, a bringing in, and then they go live together after that, after the Kedushin takes place and then the Chuppah. So this Yibum, in a sense, is like a return to the old pre-Torah way where they would just start, start living together as man and wife and they were recognized as married. Yibum works this way because this woman has already received the Kedushin from the brother who's deceased. 
So it's interesting that Mamar sort of makes Yibum a little nicer, makes it more enjoyable for the woman at least, you know, to kind of have a party, an engagement party, have a vort, you know, have some cake and uh, make it a little more nice. It's not simply moving in together. It's, uh, it's a nice process. It's a little bit like a Kiddushin. So that was, the, that was compared to the islandist, the woman who can't have children. On Ahmed Beis, we said from Rabbi Yochanan that the tsara of the, the returned divorcee or the Mema'enis or the islandist are all eligible for Yibam, that these women do not hurt the chances of their co-wives to do Yibam. And then the Gemara brought a very interesting teaching about three women who should or possibly are required to use birth control because there's a danger to their health if they become pregnant. And this, it was a, it's a very interesting machlokis Rashi Taisvas. And if you want to get into the nitty gritty, the Igros Moshe of Moshe Feinstein's Zatzal, he has a tshuva in Evan Ezra, the first chalik of Evan Ezra, tshuva number 63. And he gets into the shitos about birth control and about hashchasos zera. And the nitty gritty's there. And it's really, if, the, if this is a possibility, it's really a discussion to be had between a husband and a wife and a posek who's knowledgeable not only in the halacha and the tshuvas and the details, but also in the medical process and the effectiveness of various kinds of birth control and their halachic acceptability. The Gemara brought this because the Mishnah had said, well, you never find a mother-in-law or someone else who's given birth who also does miyun. So we say, really, never? Because we're concerned that maybe a younger girl who's not fully developed is going to get pregnant. It'll be a risk to her health. So that's why it came up, because they're trying to analyze the Mishnah. Maybe this woman got pregnant very early. And the Gemara concludes, if she's old enough to get pregnant... She's not a katana anymore. That's a sign in and of itself. The fact that she can bear a child is a, it shows that she's really a gedola. So Yud Beis, in conclusion, there's a lot of concepts here. There's the islandess who can't bear children, the Mimaenis who was married to Rabbanan and could walk out through Breira. And uh, there's a Mamar, which is a Dirabanan connection, a Machazigrushasa, which is a Lav. So Kedushin does work, even though it's a sin. And it's something important to keep in mind as we go through Nashim, Rabosai, as we go through analyzing these things, they, they come up again. We're going to see Ma'amar again. We're going to see the Zika bond again. We're going to see the Eilidus. We're going to see Bema'enis. We're going to see the Sugya birth control again in, in uh, Ksuvas, in Nida. It comes up again and again. So if we get, become familiar with these concepts a little bit at a time, when we see it the next time, we are going to have it under our belt and we know what we're doing. Shkoyach Arbozai.